Hey, you guys, welcome to the Main and Magic podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode number 11. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience, and we are picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings via our website at mainandmagic.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Just search for the Main and Magic podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Main and Magic, and after the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. Today, we are going to be talking about the things we always do when we visit Walt Disney World. These are those special things that have become a habit and things we specifically try to make time for. They help us have that I have arrived at Disney feeling or that have a special meaning to us that bring a little something extra to our visit or that even though we might be able to do it at home, it's just better at Disney. So join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and Magic. everybody today we are going to be talking about the things we always try to make time for when we visit Walt Disney World so these are some of the things that help us feel like we've arrived at the most magical place on earth that kind of bring a little something extra to our visit or that even though we might be able to do it at home it just feels better or tastes better when it's happening at Disney (laughs) And, of course, joining me is our friend Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Uh, And just kind of ready to talk about this. This this was your topic pick for the week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. And I had to actually sit down and like kind of walk myself through my vacation to, I I think I just do things habitually. So when I had to actually sit down and think about it, it was kind of interesting what I came up with. Yeah, I was just say, I like know a couple things that I, that were just at the top of my head. And then as I was like writing those down, I'm like, oh yeah, we do this too. Oh, we do this too. So as I really thought about it more, there are things, like you said, you just don't realize that you do them every time that I do them every time. So, yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting exercise. And (laughs) uh, as you'll find out, and we discussed off air, a lot of my things have to do with food or drink. (laughs) (laughs) apparently I must always be shoving something in my face when I'm at Disney. Well, I mean, the food there is amazing. So of course. Um, Okay. So I think we kind of decided we're going to go park by park and then, you know, also do kind of outside the park. So I'm going to let you pick where we go first. If you want to do outside of the park things first, or if you want to go to a certain park first. Um, Let's, let's do, let's do outside of the park first. Okay. So we're doing resorts in Disney Springs. Yes. All right. Why don't you start us off? Okay. 
so this is uh, this is my number one. This is kind of why I wanted to start here because when I go to Disney, as soon as I walk into my hotel room, the channel one up from this channel on the TV that is automatic is this wonderful lady named Stacy who has an 18 minute broadcast of must do Disney. And it's all the things that you must do at Disney. And it is just an 18 minute continuous nonstop, just all four parks, the main things, not gonna lie. Some of it's outdated. Everything that's at Disney that time to do the must do with Stacy. And I'm not lying when I tell you that is the only channel that is ever on in our room. From the time we check in to the day we leave, we fall asleep to Stacy's voice. We wake up in the middle of the night to Stacy continuously talking about everything Disney just the whole time. And it sounds so silly and you'd think I would be over it and I'm not. And I just can't wait to go back and watch Stacy again. So you set the TV to Disney bubble and then you walk yep. away. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And like even James, I mean, he obviously, you know, he's a young kid. He wants to watch cartoons or whatever if we're in the room. Oh no. He's all about it too. Like he knows that when we get back in the room, only Stacy's allowed on TV. We don't watch the weather. We might flip to the part like, wait, what time was the park open till today? Oh, okay. Which, I mean, let's be honest, I already know that information. But, you know, we might flip to those things. And then Stacy goes on TV and that's all that we watch. And doesn't get old. I, I yeah. think a lot of Disney frequenters probably do that. There is something about Stacy that kind of like helps you settle in faster, I guess. Yes. Time to do the must-do. So, Dawn, let's do the must-do. What must we do? <laughs> um, okay, so I, this is kind of new. I, this is, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this before. The things that I would have done every time, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, it, it kind of morphs over time, right? Mm-hmm. So something kind of more recent, um, you know, now that I'm married and traveling separate from my parents and then, but still traveling with our extended family sometimes is I like to take one morning during my trip and go over to the boardwalk and get breakfast at the Boardwalk Bakery. And I usually just get like a chocolate croissant and a cappuccino. It's not a big, you know, it's not a big breakfast. I just get my croissant, my cappuccino. I sit at one of the tables outside along Crescent Lake and eat my croissant and drink my cappuccino. And then I'll walk around the lake. I mean, it's, you know, it takes, it's like an hour, hour and a half thing, but it's just, by myself, it doesn't, I, it doesn't matter if I'm traveling with 10 people, by myself, it's an hour, hour and a half that I have where I can just savor my breakfast, go for a nice walk, watch the resorts wake up, and then I get to go back to whoever I'm traveling with 
and you know do the do the binge vacation chaos that usually comes with traveling with my family but that that's like a newer thing i've done that like in that the last three or so trips and i just love it that's a really good one and the breakfast at the boardwalk bakery for anyone who has never done it it is really good yeah well i i know what was that thing you told me to get um the breakfast cone and it's breakfast uh, cone. it's uh waffle basically like a waffle cone with egg in it it's like an egg uh an egg burrito but in a waffle cone it's yeah delicious. so i might um i have that on my list to try next time um but yeah no i i love it it's and w- there's something i mean watching the resorts wake up in general no matter what resort you're at is really cool but there's something about being at that location because you can see the boardwalk and then across the lake you can see the yacht and beach club and it's just so it's so relaxing and calming and like such a good way to wake up yeah and i i I agree with like enjoying watching the resorts wake up no matter where you're staying and it's so funny watching like you know obviously we all see these kids at the end of the day after walking around all day but in the morning when they're nice and refreshed and they had their good Disney sleep, because there's nothing like a good Disney tired. Like Disney tired is the best kind of tired, right? And, uh, it is. Seeing these kids in the morning after a nice refreshing evening asleep is they're all nice and perky. And then they turn into, and then they turn into really Disney tired at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. How about you? What's, what do you have next outside the parks? Um, so it's actually something I do at the end of almost every night. So kind of for you, like your way to unwind, um, by yourself, this is something I do at night. And even though we've been walking miles upon miles during the day, every night after I get settled in and you know, freshen up after the day in the park, I will take a bottle of water or sometimes an adult beverage and I will walk my resort at night. And it's usually like Coronado. If you walk all the way around the perimeter of the bike path, it's usually about a mile all the way around on the bike path, sometimes a little more. I will walk my entire resort. It's just my way to unwind for the evening and regroup and not have to worry about anyone else and I just it's quiet there's nothing going on it's late and it's just a way to kind of like I said regroup basically and I feel you know it's I I do not exercise at home at all and I don't look at it as exercise it's just I feel safe. You're, you're in a secure area. So it doesn't matter that it's, you know, 1130 at night walking around and pitch black. It's just, it's relaxing. Yeah. But I've done just, that. I've done that too. It, it yeah. is, it is night. It is because yeah, it's just quiet and the lights make everything look a little bit different. You might not necessarily see very much during the day. Mm-hmm. Good one. Yeah. 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 So I highly recommend some solo time if you're Absolutely. traveling with a 
you know, a group or even, even if it's just a couple, you know, it's nice to have like a little bit of separate space for, you know, 30 minutes at at night or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, even like if it's like Dan and I, when we go with our families, like Dan and I will sometimes do the walk together where we're kind of just, and we might even not even say anything to each other the entire time around. It's just, you know, walking together and just unwinding. It's definitely, you will thank me later for it. You don't feel your, your feet don't hurt. It's a different kind of walk. It's just, yeah. Enjoy the time by yourself when you can. Speaking of walking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, one of my things is now this is, this is kind of, this is kind of more when I'm traveling with a larger, you know, like the extended family. But if, if I was just with my husband, I would do this. And if I was by myself, I would do this too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but usually it happens when my mom and my sister-in-law and myself are together. So if we're at downtown Disney, uh, mm-hmm. Disney Springs. Old habits die hard. I still call it downtown Disney. (laughs) If we're at Disney Springs, you know, we usually go there pretty much every night that we're not at a park. So, or, you know, if the park closes early. So we're, we'll be at Disney Springs shopping and we like to always go to Dockside Margaritas and get a drink and then go shopping. And like, we'll send, you know, the boys away to go do whatever go play with Legos or whatever, but just like just the girls will walk over to Dockside Margaritas. We'll get a drink and then we'll go do our shopping and just like walk around without kids or husbands or any of that (laughs) bothering us. And it's, it's so fun because you can't really, you can't really get a margarita at the mall and go shopping. (laughs) No, they should they should consider making that a thing because it would be a lot more fun. But no, yeah, it's just it's like you said, you're safe. You know, you have your drink. You can go around shopping. Nobody's going to bother you. And it's just it's just a lot of fun because it's relaxing. We can take our time. No one's rushing us. And yeah, we, we do that every time. And sometimes that will happen multiple nights in one trip. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. And they have great drinks at that place. Like I recommend yeah. all of them. <laughs> I do have one more that's sort of inside the park, but also outside the park. Yeah. I was just that. Do you have any more? Not I, have, in a park? I, have, I have one more, not in a park, but also involves walking again. I swear. <laughs> well, when you're in Disney walking 20 miles a day, what's another mile and a half at the end of the day, right? It's true. So my last one, though, outside the park, like really outside the park, is it's kind of in between parks, I guess. Um, whenever I go to Disney, I always have a park hopper. It's just how I, just how I do Disney. Um, and there's always a day where we are at Hollywood Studios in the morning and then Epcot at night or vice versa. And I choose by choice every time I will walk between those two parks. It is about 1.8 miles. There's a walkway. It takes you through the boardwalk. 
Um, and you see Yacht and Beach Club on the other side, and it's just, I don't know, it's my, I guess I'll call it my unwind again. Like, I just really enjoy the walk. It's, it's during the day, so you're seeing, like, how the whole, how everyone's operating, what people are doing during the day when other people are at the park, and that is something that I will always do. And now, like, Dan, last time we went, Dan was all about riding the Skyliner and I have a fear of heights and I will not do it. I can't, I physically cannot get on it. Like it's mind over matter thing, but so he'll go on the Skyliner now and I'll walk it and I have no problem with that. But um, yeah, it's, if you have never done that walk, it's, it's a nice little walk and it's faster than the Skyliner for anyone who wants to know. <laughs> It is, it is a nice walk. I, I agree. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, but it is, it is a really nice walk, especially like this time of year when it's not too hot. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is. You know why I think I start, well, I know when I started doing that walk was when we were on the college program as the first time I ever did that walk. And I have done that walk every time I've been to Disney since 2001. Do you, I need, so every time I've ever done it, I've been walking from the studios to Epcot. Yeah, that's usually how it goes for me too. Yeah, I've never done it the other direction. (laughs) I have, but it's not usually, it's not as often. It's more so the Hollywood studios to Epcot is the direction. That's also, if any, if, if we have any runners out there and you're trying to still be running when you go to Disney, that's also yes. like one of the most popular because it's like the biggest loop, basically. Mm-hmm. You can get the most, uh, distance out of, out of the walkways over there. Yeah. Yeah. I um, believe, like I said, like a 1.5 or one, 1.5 or 1.8 miles, give or take about that. So. Yeah, and then if you if you add in the loop around Crescent Lake to yeah, yeah. kind of bump you up a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, it is a nice walk. I do recommend everybody do it. Just, just do it once, even if it's like on a non park day. Mm-hmm. Okay. My other sort of out of the parks, sorta in the park is I always do a character meal somewhere. We've done them all over. So it, it, you know, there's as many in the park as out of the park. So our favorite ones are Chef Mickey's and Ohana for breakfast. And we do also love Crystal Palace. Honestly, I love all of them, so it's hard for me to even say. <laughs> but uh, there's some that I haven't done, but I, I I think the ones that we've done the most are Chef Mickey, Ohana, and Crystal Palace. But you know, we've done like 1900 Park Fair, we've done Cape May Cafe. Uh, back in the day when they had it, I don't think they, I don't think it's still a thing. There used to be a character dinner at liberty tree tavern i don't know if they do that anymore i think it's kind of gone yeah i think that one's gone um 
you know, we did Restaurantosaurus back when they had a character meal there. Uh, we've, yeah, done all different ones, but every time character meal, every time since our first character meal in 1996, <laughs> it's just a staple. We schedule one every single time. So that's one of my sort of in, in the park, could be in the park, could be out of the park. That's a good one. And someday, when things are normal again, we'll do a show about our favorite character dining experiences because yes. it deserves its own show. <laughs> yeah. They're so much fun. They are. I, I love them. It, I, I, I feel that it makes me feel like I don't have to stress about trying to meet a character in any of the parks. And yes. even though, you know, we might be frequenting breakfasts that have the same characters, you know, like Mickey Mouse is at Ohana and at Chef Mickey's, but it just make makes it so that you know you're going to get a character photo on that trip in case you don't want to wait in line in the park. And it's in a way that's relaxing. You don't feel rushed. It's fun you can take your time and it's, yeah. it's just a nice experience so yeah I I, I always yeah. do that we always do that when we go do you have any more out of the park uh, I have one kind of goes for anything really um, so recently this is a recent find and it's fun and it's corny at the same time. Um, we figure somebody out. And when we're at our hotel, uh, sometime during our stay, we mail a coconut home to somebody. We mail a coconut. We've mailed one to ourselves. I've mailed one to my boss. Uh, mailed, we mailed one to a friend of ours. And they're always at your gift shop. Um, it's a legit coconut, and on the front of it says, Greetings from Walt Disney World. And on the back, it looks like a postcard. And you address it to whoever, and it ships in the mail. And they get a coconut, like, a week later in their mailbox. <laughs> so it was, random. It is random, but it's, like, it's fun. It's funny. Like, on, on, our, on our one end table in our living room is our coconut, and it's just, you know... You can write a message on it if you wanted to. They give you a Sharpie, and it's just a coconut that says greetings from Walt Disney World, and it's we have a coconut. So it's just something, it sounds, it's it's something fun and corny that we just pick somebody to mail a coconut to. But it's fun. <laughs> and, like, and we don't tell the person who's getting it. Like, last time we went, I mailed one to my boss, and I didn't tell him he was getting one. And, like, a week later... He comes into work. He's like, so I found something interesting in my mailbox yesterday. And I just burst out laughing because <laughs> they don't expect to open up their mailbox and this coconut be in their mailbox. No, it is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, fun. it's a fun little like a souvenir for somebody. And it's, you know, I get enjoyment out of the fact that someone's going to get a coconut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've done that the past uh, four visits now we've done that so it's a recent find but we still do it 
No, some I you know over the times of going, you just learn new things, and I I try to always do something new every time I go. So I'll find you know someone will recommend a snack to me or a restaurant. You know, try this entree at this restaurant, or have you ever you know done done this or you know whatever? And I it's like okay, let me see what thing can I fit into my trip this time because I. You know, again, these are the things that we always do. And you can kind of get stuck in this thing of like, I have to always go do this thing. And then you you might be missing out on something else. So I try to, I try to always add something new. If, you know, whatever, however big or small it has to be. So that. And every, every single gift shop, every single hotel gift shop has a basket full of coconuts. So. Next time you're at your gift shop, look for the basket of coconuts. Even if you don't mail one, look for the basket of coconuts and just buy one to buy it to have it if you don't want to mail it. You do have to pay for shipping and all that, you know, yada, yada, whatever. But you're at Disney. It's just money. It's fine. Just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I've seen them at the Poly, but I yep. don't know that I've ever paid attention to them being anywhere else. Actually, the first place we ever saw them was... Uh, uh, Kirby and Beach was the first time we found them. So, interesting. Yep. All right. Well, which park do you want to go to first? Um, how about Epcot? Let's do it. All right. Go ahead. You go first. What you got? Oh, me first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> trying at Epcot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. You'll notice I'm not really inserting rides anywhere because I feel like that is a given. Absolutely. Um, but I will say that even though this isn't a ride, you would think it's a given, but for some people it's not. So I'm, my first thing is going to be, I have to walk the world showcase during sunset like the sunset to dark time like when the sun is setting and it's getting dark and those twinkle lights are coming up i have to always whenever we're on a trip when we're going to epcot i have to always walk world showcase at that time of day it's the best time of day to walk the world showcase (laughs) it's like magic i don't know there's something about there's something about epcot at night that I mean, there's something about all the parks at night, but I just the walking from pavilion to pavilion and hearing like the different music and there's the different performers that come out in the evening and, you know, everybody's just walking around and like snacking on their snacks and shopping and waiting for, you know, well, soon it's going to be harmonious, but previously illuminations and it's just the atmosphere. It just feels like awesome. I don't know because you, I don't, I don't live in a city. Like we live out in the country, but even if we lived in Houston, there's no place like that and it reminds me of the things that you think about european cities 
where people come out at night and they sit in the cafe chairs and they talk and they sit on benches and they watch the rivers and they, you know, like in Italy and France and all of these places. To me, that's, it just feels like that. So I have to always be there at night and do that walk. Nice. How about you? Um, so, I mean, <laughs> but okay. I'm going to start with the not food thing, but unfortunately, until I see Harmonious, I don't know if it's, I'm sure it has to be incorporated into Harmonious. Like I'm calling it right now that what I'm about to tell you is quote, kind of basically extinct because it's gone from illuminations. Um, mark my words right now that it will be part of Harmonious. And that is that every time we watched Illuminations in the beginning of the show, it sounds, I have these weird ones. Like these are weird traditions that I have to do. No matter where I am, I have to stop. And at the beginning of Illuminations, there's the, you know, the, 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 um, narrator kind of talking about it. And then as he's about to start the show, all the torches that are up, he sits there and he goes, blows out the torches and no matter where I am I have to stop and I basically talk with the narrator and do the and blow out the torches with him (laughs) (laughs) I have to help blow out the torches I need to do my part and mark my words that that little like blowing out of the torches will be part of harmonious I'm calling it and I will continue that tradition when it is part of harmonious. And if it's not, I'll blow them out on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling it's going to be different and they're not going to be doing that anymore, but I'm sure there's going to be some new thing that everybody kind of gets attached to that, you know, I mean, that makes me think of phantasmic where it's like all the chiming, you know, you hear that kind of like glittery chiming and then they're like, imagination. (laughs) Everybody that knows it is like singing that, right? They know, right? The part that it's going to start. Yes. But it's like I said, it's we're because usually, you know, same thing. We, we are usually in the back of the world showcase during illuminations um, or even if we're not watching it and we're, you know, enjoying the park still or whatever, I will stop. And I have always blown out the torches. <laughs> Done my part. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little like I have my little corny, you know, quirks that I do in Disney and it's something that's fun and silly and, It just, it makes me happy. Like when I hear that, you know, when I hear it, it just, it puts a smile on my face. So, yeah. Nah, I think other people that are, you know, somewhat frequent, you know, maybe visit regularly, somewhat regularly. They probably have a list of things like that too. (laughs) Um. For for those of you who are just kind of starting out, maybe you've only been to Disney once or, you know, you, you, you're finally coming into a, a spot where you can go more often, you're going to find your things. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> um, so kind of in line with my other thing is 
while I'm walking World Showcase at Twilight, I have to always get a beverage, a, a, an adult beverage. So sometimes it's, it's never the same thing. This is kind of where I do my experimenting, if you will. But like last time you told me about the ice cream martinis and I, we, we did Epcot twice at night and I got an ice cream martini both times <laughs> and it was delicious. Um, so that, you know, that's from the France pavilion. Sometimes, sometimes I'll just be super simple and I'll walk over to the Canada pavilion and get a Labatt's because they don't have Labatt's in Texas. And <laughs> it's like the one place in Florida you can get a Labatt's. Um, sometimes I'll get a margarita from Mexico. It, it just, it, sometimes I'll get a glass of the Rose Regal wine from Italy. It just, it just kind of depends on my mood for that night, but I always will stop and get a drink. You know, my, if I'm with my brother, he usually likes to go get a sake. I so, was going to ask that. I love a good sake. Yeah. So, you know, it, we will, we'll, we'll kind of, if there's a group of us, we'll kind of like, you know, oh, you know, sometimes, usually my sister-in-law wants a, a margarita. So we'll hit Mexico, get the margarita. We'll, you know, hit Japan, get the sake, whatever I'm drinking. We'll hit, you know, we, we just kind of get a drink and walk around. I, I love it because you, it, it's just, yeah, this is my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> my eight-year-old self right now is like can you even believe this lady likes Epcot Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no it's I love it so much it's it's a must-do for me every time it makes me feel like I'm I'm really fully there and enjoying it that's awesome yeah so I don't th- I don't know. Do you have any, what else do you have for Epcot? Well, I mean, clearly every country has something to eat, you know? I mean, um, the pa- not every time, a lot of times when I'm in France, I'll stop and get a baguette and I'll eat a baguette as I walk around the World Showcase, which is really fun. <laughs> Walking around with a big loaf of bread. Um, we will get popcorn in Germany, but of all the food that is in all the different countries, the one thing that I must get every single time, and this started from our very first time ever in Disney in 1993, is we will go to Japan and get a kakigori. What's kakigori, you ask? Well, it's a shaved ice. And I will get a shaved ice. I will get a kakigori. It is one thing that of all the food that could be at Epcot, and I might not get, you know, I might not always get popcorn from Germany or whatever. No matter how many times I'm in Epcot, I will have a kakigori every time I'm in Epcot. It is refreshing. It is delicious. Um, funny story. The one time we were there with my family, there was 12 of us. <laughs> they really hated us then. Um, so we went up and ordered... 24 kakigoris for the 12 of us. And it was, my dad knew what everyone wanted. He knew the flavors of everyone's. And 
he ordered and it was hot. It was August. So they go down super refreshing, super easy because it's so hot outside. And by the time, because they, you know, you can't store shaved ice in Disney like it melts. Um, so they have to make it fresh. So we basically went in order and he started the first one. And by the time, like whatever, let's say I got the first one. By the time I was done with my first one, they were just starting making my second one. So it was like an assembly line. We we got two kakigoris and yeah, it they're delicious. They're awesome. Are they and small? What's that? No, they're they're decent size. They're they're worth the you know seven dollars that they cost. It's not a little thing. Um, and is it what flavors? Like is it fruit flavors or flowers or what? Nope. So there is uh. Strawberry, cherry, honeydew, grape, orange, and maybe lemon, but I could be wrong on lemon, but those other flavors are definite. And then if you really wanted to, you could get the adult version and they could pour sake on it. I will say, I have never had a kakigori with sake on it. I love sake and I love kakigori, so I have never mixed the two. But I will always, always get a kakigori. And I can remember, so I can remember the first time we ever, ever, ever went to Disney. 1990, like I can remember this like it was yesterday. And uh, my dad, of course, videotaped it. And it was like 98 degrees outside. Because the first time we went was August 10th, 1993. And we were in Epcot. We had never heard of these things. So, of course, it's hot. And we get one. And we're sitting there eating it. And at the time, back in the day, they were in these white paper cones. So, as it's melting, it's, like, leaking out the bottom. And our brand-new sneakers that we had for the trip, after we were done with our first Kakigori, like, there's red drip stains on them from them dripping on our sneakers. So, after that time... We learned, and now they're in plastic cups, so it's different. But after that time, we learned, while you're eating your kakigori and you're sitting there, you sit with your feet spread apart. <laughs> so that don't drop sneakers. Wow. Yes. But, yeah. So is it just shaved ice with the flavor? Is there any, like, dairy no. or any kind of anything else in it? Nope, legitimately shaved ice with the flavoring. It's a snow cone, but it's a Disney snow cone, and it's not the balls of ice. It's shaved ice. That's it. It's a, okay. it's a snow cone. It's a Japanese snow cone. That's good to know. Good. I never, I've never had one. I'll have to try one next time. And they're very like you would walk by the stand and not even realize you walked by the stand. So as you're walking from, uh, as you're passing through Japan. And you're making your way to the American Pavilion right before you get to America. Um, it's this little like hut. So you don't even have to walk back. Like it's right along the walkway in the, in the world showcase. It's, it's right in between Japan and America. All right. Hot tip. Hot tip for the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. yeah, I don't have any food thing. Like a specific food thing that I get every time uh, at Epcot that I can think of. I, I really spent time thinking about every park and it was like just pulling out the things that I'm like, okay, I know I do this every time. 
Um, okay. Do you have anything else from Epcot? I have one last thing and it's, it's something we do every time, but obviously every time we go is not during a, um, a festival of some sort, whether it be flower and garden or, um, food and wine festival. But when we are there during a festival, Epcot will always have a scavenger hunt. So like during food and wine festival, all the countries, there's a Remy, Ratatouille Remy, with some vegetable hidden in the world show in each country. And you stop and you get a map with stickers and you have to find Remy and what vegetable he has. Or during Flower and Garden Festival, I believe it was a hidden egg, um, a character egg, and you had to find it. So you figure out, you know, let's say Remy with the onion is in... France, um, you have to find him because you don't know what vegetable he's holding. So you have to find him and then make, you know, put it accordingly. And then at the end, when you figured out where he is in each country, you get to go back and you get a, you get a souvenir for completing the scavenger hunt. So it's something, and it's something that, you know, we, especially when you go with kids, if you go during a festival and you're trying to enjoy the festival as an adult, it's something the kids can do to feel included because they can search each country for this hidden object. So interesting. So is it, is it, how do they represent it where it's found? Is it, is it a Remy statue and he's holding it or. So like for the Remy one, it's just a, it's, it looks small. It's probably, probably like, two feet tall and he is hidden somewhere each only in the country so like food and wine festival obviously there's 30 different booths while each booth doesn't have it just the countries just this the permanent countries that are there and it's just anywhere it could be in the very back um did you know there's a waterfall in the back of the canadian pavilion because until i did the scavenger hunt i had never known that there was a waterfall back didn't know that but trying to find Remy, I found the waterfall because Remy was back there. Um, but you have to, you actually have to search and it's a way to like go in and you, it could be in the gift shop or, um, you know, outside or just somewhere in that area, you will find that specific Remy. And then he's just holding, like he'll be holding an onion or he'll be holding a zucchini. And then the sticker chart, there, it has all the stickers and each one, like it'll have an onion or a zucchini or a pepper. And you basically take it and say, okay, well, he was holding the onion in Canada. So I'm going to put the onion on Canada and then I'm going to go to my next country and try and find him here. Oh, that is really fun. I'm assuming yeah. they target that for children and yet I'm about to try to do that on my next trip. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm telling you, it's it's one of those things that I really enjoy. Like as an adult, I really enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. It's like looking for hidden Mickeys, but like different, you know, it's, you know, with when you have a little book and you're doing the whole. Yeah, that's really fun. Yes. Cool. Okay, that's good to know, too. And it is important to know. The cast members will not tell you the answers. Like you, they they might give you a hint if you really ask them. 
they will not tell you. So you can't walk into Canada, find like, you know, the first Canadian cast member you come up to and say, hey, where's Remy? He's not going to tell you, oh, go check back here. He might give you a hint, but they will not tell you where to look. They will not give it away. You have to well, they it. want you to walk through the pavilion and see everything that they have there. Yeah. So some of them have got given you hints. Like there are sometimes, uh, I think in either it was either Germany or France the one time she like wouldn't tell us where it was, but I totally pulled a FBI behavioral analysis unit kind of thing on her. And as I asked her where it is, I saw her like look to her left and like, oh. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they don't give you the answer. Um, are you good if I head to, hmm, I don't know where I would want to head next. Okay. I guess we'll, we'll go to Magic Kingdom next. Are you, are you uh, good? Yeah. Okay. So Magic Kingdom was kind of hard for me because I, I would have had a list of like 50 things if I put rides on there. Then that's when I decided not to do rides. <laughs> sure. Um, I just, just, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a given that you're going to try to go on all the rides, but the one ride that I did put on here, and this is a new thing. And only when I'm traveling with my nephew is we go on Dumbo. And I put it on here because until I went with my nephew, it had probably been 30 years since I had ridden Dumbo (laughs) because it was an old fantasy land. There was only one. The line was always 45 minutes long. And it was kind of like, well, I'm 12. I don't want to wait 45 minutes for Dumbo. I'd rather wait 45 minutes for Space Mountain or Thunder Mountain Railroad. But now that there's two of them and they have like the virtual queue and all that stuff, uh, the last few times that I've been with my nephew, me and him always go on Dumbo. So that's an, a new thing. I have no idea how long it's going to last. The next time we go, he might be like, this is stupid. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least for the last few trips, it's been a new thing that we do every time. And so that's my one ride where it's kind of like we have to do this and yeah (laughs) kind of cheesy and a little bit sappy but okay is it any more cheesy than blowing out a torch (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, i mean (laughs) that's a good one that's and that those are the kind of traditions that are awesome you know yeah and who knows like it might morph into like now, every time we go, we have to go on Space Mountain and we have to ride in the back or, you know, who knows how it's going to morph over, you know, the course of time. But at least for now, it's a fun, silly little thing that we do. That's a good one. All right. How about how about you? What do you have for Magic Kingdom? OK, so it's kind of outside of Magic Kingdom, but it only applies to days I go to Magic Kingdom. So I included it with Magic Kingdom because every time on our on our way to Magic Kingdom, because we do not always stay at Polynesian, even though it's my favorite, um, 
no matter where we are staying, we will make it a point to, prior to going to Magic Kingdom, we go to the Polynesian, and we order a French press Kona coffee. Takes about 15 minutes to make, so it's uh, order it, sit, kind of wait, enjoy, go mail a coconut, um, and then go back up and get our coffee, and we take our coffee onto the monorail and go to Magic Kingdom, but we will get anytime we go to Magic Kingdom, so whether we go one time or three times to Magic Kingdom in a stay, we have to go and get our French press coffee, because there there's nothing wrong with Joffrey's. There's obviously nothing wrong with Starbucks, but something about 100% pure Kona coffee is just delicious. It is so good. It's amazing. If you've never had Kona coffee, you need to get Kona coffee. It's good. But that's just something like, that's something that Dan and I will do every time we go. We have to get one. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I've never had Joffrey's coffee, I don't think. It seems like every time we're getting coffee, you know, we're either getting it from just the resort, like whatever coffee they have at the resort, um, or I'm standing in line at Starbucks. Yeah. So, but I've, I've heard so many people talk about how good Joffrey's coffee is. So that's on my next trip. I'm like avoiding Starbucks, like the plague. Because I have that here, and I don't have Joffrey's here, and everybody's telling me it's so good. So now I, now I gotta try it. <laughs> it's good, and there's nothing like there's nothing wrong with getting a Joffrey's when we go to Hollywood Studios. But the days we go to Magic Kingdom, we go over and we we get Kona. Where and where do you get and that? Of at? course, when we stay at Polynesia. So if you, it's perfect because it's right on the second floor, which is where the monorail um, lets you off. You exit on the second floor. Um, right when you walk in to the second floor lobby, it's a small kiosk right right outside of Kona Cafe, right outside of the sit-down restaurant. It's this little, it's this little breakfast kiosk. It's where it would be the... Um, Basically, like, breakfast and lunch um, grab-and-go area, if you will, inside the lobby. So, for breakfast, you can grab a big donut. You can get a piece of fruit. Um, they have croissants, danishes, I believe. At lunchtime, when you go, they have an assortment of sushi. If sushi's your thing, um, you can get sushi to go. Um, but it's just a small little grab-and-go, and they have... They have the coffee and they have, you know, they have regular coffee. You don't have to get the French press, but that's, uh, if you're not sitting down inside a Kona cafe for breakfast, you can get a French press to go. You just have the, the only thing you have to wait for it. They don't have them sitting there readily available. Um, they'll tell you right there when you order it, that it's about a 15 minute wait because it has to brew. So anyone who's not familiar with the French press, it, basically has to brew and then they push the grinds out and pour it and it, it is about two cups of coffee so it's perfect if you're going with somebody yeah i'll wait or, 15 minutes for a french press that's fine yeah yeah it's just it's really good and then like same thing so if you are into the french press and you want to try it um if you end up 
eating inside a Kona Cafe, if you do end up with a dining reservation, um, they have a, I believe the coffee that you would normally order if you just order a cup of coffee is a Kona blend. Um, but if you want the 100% pure Kona, it only comes in the French press. So you have to wait for it, but they'll put it on your table for you and tell you to wait, you know, 15, 20 minutes for it. So. No, that's a good for our coffee snobs out there. Exactly. <laughs> if yeah. you're a coffee connoisseur with a refined palate, this might be for you. And Kona coffee is the only coffee that I can drink without milk or sugar in it because the flavor of it is just so, oh, so good. And if you really want, so here's another one for all you coffee snobs listening. Um, if you're looking for, you know, let's say you have a, awesome father or father-in-law that is really into coffee and you want to get them that Disney souvenir and you don't know what they need to get because let's face it, dads are the hardest to buy for. You can buy a pound of Kona coffee and take it home with you as a souvenir. And it's the bean. They'll either grind it for you or you can get the, the whole beans and you can take a Disney Kona coffee home as a souvenir. Oh, that's cool. That's something yep. I would buy. Yep. I'm not a coffee snob and guys like I'm not calling anybody a snob for real. <laughs> uh, I'm not, a, you know, I'm, I don't know the difference of, I know what tastes good. Right. You know, so like I like the shade grown coffee. Like if you read about coffee and how it's supposed to be grown and how it would be grown naturally, it likes dappled light. So I, you know, and they used to serve, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have some locations at Animal Kingdom that served the shade-grown coffee. Uh, and it is, it's a smoother, it's not as bitter. It's just, there's something, uh, you know, for for me, a girl at home, I, you know, I drink Folgers. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice when, it's nice to Go get, a, you know, a $6 cup of French press because it's I'm not going to make it at home. So right. it's like an extra treat. It's like some a little something extra special, you know. I'm going to have coffee every morning no matter what. But, you know, what do I care if I, if I go get the special one? Because it's nice to not drink Folgers <laughs> sometimes. Right. But yeah, no, I would, I would buy a bag of that. That's a great souvenir. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah. So that was, but that's, you know, again, it's outside of Magic Kingdom, but it is something we do when we go to Magic Kingdom. And then we walk, we, we get a hop on the monorail and we, uh, walk, we'll get over to Magic Kingdom with our, with our fresh coffee in hand. Cool. Okay. Well, since we're drinking things. Yes. What are you drinking? This is, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it could happen in the Magic Kingdom or it could happen at the Polynesian. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, it's happening at the Magic Kingdom, but I always have to stop and get a Dole Whip float. Yes. I, some people don't like the floats. I like the float. I like the juice in there, the ice cream and the juice. And I, you know, go straight, I go straight pineapple. I don't do the orange or any of that stuff, which, I need to try because 
every time I see them, I'm like, oh, they look delicious. But like, how many ice creams can I have in one day? <laughs> but I might, you know, and I might next time I might, you know, stop early and get my my Dole Whip float and then, you know, circle back later in the day and get like the orange or the raspberry or any of the other flavors that they they sometimes have. But I just I'm I love pineapple anyway. Um and I'm I make variations of this at my house. Um you know, like I'll go buy co- the coconut um like the dairy free coconut uh cream ice cream and blend it with the pineapple and then pour pineapple juice over it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't <laughs> taste like Disney cuz you got that little bit of coconut flavor. It's not, it's it's not the same, but if you have a hankering and you don't have $4,000 to spend on a vacation to go get <laughs> an actual dough float at Magic Kingdom, it's a good substitute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, every time I always, and I don't care if it's a 45 minute line, <laughs> I will stand there and, and wait. It's worth it to me. Now, the important question is, at the Polynesian, have you gotten the adult Dole Whip? No, uh, I've actually only gotten the Dole the Dole Whip at the Polynesian once, and it was on our last trip. I was having a my my dad and I kind of broke away from the rest of the family, and we went resort hopping all day, and uh, we ended up at the Polynesian, and I was like, oh man, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get a Dole Whip float, and he hadn't had one ever and i was like i don't even know how this is a thing <laughs> how how has this not graced your taste buds ever in your life <laughs> uh so yeah we went and got we went and got them but we didn't get the we didn't get the spiked ones but i, I trust me that's tap tap of my list like <laughs> the lips are it's a whole it's a game changer it's 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 a game changer. They're so good. Apparently, my new thing is ice cream with liquor. <laughs> yeah, I, you're a bad influence. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, <laughs> she says nothing. No, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna deny. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a must. That's a must do for me. However, I did feel bad last time I got when we when we were there last year. We stayed at Polly. I I got one more than once, um, <laughs> and uh, it was the one I don't know the one afternoon or after the parks. It was hot out, and James was like, "Can I have a bite?" I'm like, no, sorry, you can't. Son's mommies <laughs> not taste. <laughs> Go to jail. <laughs> This is well, mommy's special, special concoction. But you know what I did get at the Polynesian, though? Okay, yeah, so that's, I don't have a problem. It's just Disney booze is yummy. Um, so when we were at the Polynesian last year, I got it more than once. The bever- the adult beverages that are at the bar at the Polynesian are top-notch. They're delicious. Um, they're just good. So anyways, two of the nights, I partook in a pineapple adult beverage. And it was served in a pineapple. Like That's what I'm talking pineapple. about. Carved out. 
way overpaid for an alcoholic beverage, but man, I got to drink it out of a pineapple and it was worth every penny. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. It was really good. Okay, what's your next Magic Kingdom thing? Um, it's a food thing. It's a it's a recent food thing. Um, it's uh, a Belgian waffle with Nutella, and I skipped the fresh fruit. Um, who am I kidding? Uh, it comes with fresh fruit. I get it on the side and give that to James. Um, and I just eat the Belgian waffle with Nutella on it, and it is at oh Sleepy Hollow, right? Sleepy Hollow, yes. And the line is always long. Um, don't know why, but I'm telling you guys, it is worth the wait. Just like a Dole Whip is worth the wait, it is one of those things that at some point, whether it's for breakfast, whether it's a snack in the middle of the day or at the end of the night for fireworks, I will get one of these and just sit and, oh, they're so delicious. They're good. And it's filling. So it counts as dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a newer, like, must do when I go to Magic Kingdom thing. And it is food, but it's good. It's worth it. Yeah, that's, I don't know when they started doing waffles there. A long time ago, I used to frequent that location because they had ice cream sandwiches. But the thing was, it was vanilla ice cream and the, the sandwich was two homemade chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yes. They were like, just huge like yeah like you said it was its own meal yeah an amazing sugar crash (laughs) that was the thing to eat oh man they were so i i don't even know if i ever finished one because they were it was so big but yeah i don't know when they flipped it to waffles um Uh but if they always got something good at that at that place that's for sure um, they also have funnel cakes, and if you want something not as sweet, um, they have a uh, take on chicken and waffles. Um, so it's on a Belgian waffle. It's a spicy breaded chicken and coleslaw. That one is also really good. I could get that without the coleslaw. I'm not a huge Nutella fan. So I'm not sure I would ever get that one, but man, I'll, I'll have some sin. Okay, I never had chicken and waffles ever in my life until, well, we live in Texas. So, you know, <laughs> now right. I've, now I've definitely had chicken and waffles because it's like a, it's like its own food group here. Um, but it, it was funny because the first time I had it, I was like, why didn't anyone tell me about this? <laughs> Why isn't this happening in Michigan? Like, what, where's the rest of the country on this? Because they need to catch up. <laughs> but funny. yeah, ooh, I'll have to keep that in mind because uh, I'm down for some chicken and waffles for sure. Yeah. Keep on mind that that line is always, always uh, like you could get on and off of Haunted Mansion faster than ordering a, a waffle. Not going to lie. The line's always long. But it's worth it. It is kind of a small location, though. It, and it's uh, you know, if you're not looking for it, you could very easily walk past it. 
So yeah, yeah, you could. Okay. Well, s- staying in the food thing, then I, I have yeah. another, I have one more food thing for Magic Kingdom, which right. we briefly discussed in episode two, and that is we always eat at Pecos Bills. <laughs> yes. Every single trip. One of the days we're in the Magic Kingdom, probably all of the days we're in Magic Kingdom, if I'm being honest. Pecos spills every time. I don't know. I feel like that's the best burger on property. It could be be it could be the theming. <laughs> I don't know. But we always eat at Pecos Bills. It's a we have to. I, I almost feel like I didn't go to Magic Kingdom if I didn't eat at Pecos Bills. That's a good one. That's a good I like that place. I love it. I just, I love the seating area and the whole atmosphere and it smells good and it tastes good. And it's like you hit it right at the exact time of day when you're just like five minutes before you're going to have a a hangry breakdown. (laughs) And it's, it's, I just love it. It's so good. And yeah, it, it really is like, I have to do it. I have to go there. Even if I just go get French fries. Or something. It just, yeah. it doesn't feel like I really did Magic Kingdom if I don't eat at Pecos Bills. That's probably sad, but I don't care. It's my thing. That's okay. Do you have anything? Do you have anything else at Magic Kingdom? No. And actually, the last couple that I must do in Disney are just general. I don't have anything else specific for a park. Okay, I have one more thing at Magic Kingdom. What's that? And I always, every single time, have to walk through the Castle Breezeway and just take a few minutes to look at the mosaic. I think a lot of people walk right past this or they don't even go, they don't even go through the Castle Breezeway because they're doing the loop, but if you've never been, if you've never like really paid attention, I highly recommend going in there. Just take 10 minutes, you know, five to 10 minutes and go in there and just look at the mosaic. It's incredible. And just the, I mean, they hired an actual mosaicist to make it, you know, using like old techniques, like old italian mosaic whatever techniques so it's it's an actual like work of art it's not just some crappy thing they threw up you know cheaply made or whatever like they used like real like they did it in the old tradition basically um it's gorgeous it's so cool and there's like all kinds of like little details in there like the stepsisters, one of them has a red face and one of them has a green face because one of them's red with anger and the other one's green with envy. Like there's all these little things hidden in the mosaic that it, it's just gorgeous. And I just always, <laughs> I just always have to stop and look at it. And also the columns in between each panel, if you look at the columns and you follow the column up with your eye, you'll notice the capital at the top of the column where there usually be like flowers or like Florida de Lee or something like that. They've actually, they've Disney-fied it. And you'll see like the birds from Cinderella or 
Gus and Jack are up there, like carved into the, like sort of the cap, if you will, at the top of the column. So just, I, I just recommend going in there. I always like to go in there. I, I'm always taking pictures in there. I'll have to post some of them in the group, but just gorgeous. I love it. It's just, and I think people walk right past or don't even think about it, or maybe some people don't even really know it's there, but yeah, it's beautiful. And I always take a few minutes to go check that out. Nice. So you don't have any more specific park things, man. I, I really was like sitting down thinking park by park. <laughs> I, have, I have one thing for Hollywood studios that I just thought about. Okay. What is it? So the first time we were ever in Disney, of course, you know, we're taking family pictures with everything. And we have a picture of me and my sisters by these three snowmen that were, um, like right outside the Muppet Vision 3D gift shop. There used to be these three snowmen there. Well, now there's only one snowman. But um, every time we're at Hollywood Studios, whether it's me and the snowman or now with James, I take a picture of him with the snowman. But I have to get a picture with the snowman just because it was something we did when we first went. And it's something that I always take a picture of now is... The one lonely snowman that's left outside of Muppet Vision 3D. Yeah, there is only one left. I forgot there used to be three. And I think I actually have photos of my brother and I from when there was three. Yeah, it's it's there's that Christmas shop back there. It's right outside the Christmas shop. Yep, right back there. Okay, so one of my things I can't really do anymore, but I will say... For the longest time, I used to always, always, always make a point to go into Sid Kohanga's and look at all the memorabilia. So now, of course, it's a photo pass. Uh, like you can go in there and see your photo pass photos. Um, yeah. They changed they changed it to that in 2013. So it's been a while since it was the memorabilia store, but that place was so cool. It, I mean, they had like so many things and you could go in there and there was always something different. That was why I loved going in there. Like every single trip, I would just go in there and see what was new and what was still there from the last time. And they would always have like new autograph pieces and new, like, you know, scripts and music sheets and signed like playbills and just all kinds of like you know, new props that they got from some movies or just there was always something different in there. And that place was so cool. It was just there was a poster they had in there one time and I'm still mad that I didn't buy it. Like so <laughs> mad. It was a it was a um a Sleeping Beauty poster, but it was in French. Oh, nice. And it was so cool. It was from like, I don't know, the sixties or the fifties or something. It was old, you know, probably when the movie first came out. And I mean, you know, it was like probably like $80 or something. I remember it was like kind of expensive and I 
you know, it's like, oh, then I got to get it framed and it's going to be a whole thing. And how do you get it home and all that stuff? (laughs) But man, now I'm sitting here thinking, man, I wish I would have bought that. But yeah, they had just like all kinds of crazy cool stuff in there. And I miss going in there. So that was something that I used to have to do every time. But one of the things that I did want to mention about the studios which when I was going park by park and really think about, okay, what do I do every single time? I I came to realize that I think the studios might be the park that has the best shopping. It does. There is, when I started thinking about the souvenirs that I've bought outside of World of Disney, okay, we can't, World of Disney obviously takes the majority share of any money I have. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But as far as like a park by park, I think I've probably spent more money at the studios than any other park. It there's like, I almost always buy something in Keystone Clothiers. Like I've bought jewelry in there. So much jewelry in there. (laughs) clothes, pajamas, like all kinds of stuff. I feel like they know I'm coming or something. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I've bought watch rings, all kinds of stuff in there. And then um, the other one that gets me is the once upon a time, which is sort of the last shop on sunset when you're heading towards, uh, you know, Tower of Terror. Yep. Like, I bought my Dooney and Burke purse in there. That was a $300 purchase. Um, like scarves. I like scarves. So I usually like the, the fancy ones that you wear with yeah, nicer yeah. clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So I always end up buying those and souvenirs for other people, picture frames, so much stuff. I feel like I've bought so much stuff at the studios and it was. It's cr- like I can remember specifically buying certain things, which is probably strange. <laughs> but yeah, no, I there's something about I, I don't know if it's the atmosphere like shopping at the Magic Kingdom can sometimes be a little bit stressful because there's um, a lot of yeah. people. I do love shopping there. I've definitely bought my fair share of things at the Emporium and definitely uh at uptown jewelers i've spent money in there too (laughs) not gonna lie but there's something like so relaxing about shopping at the studios on sunset and hollywood boulevard so i feel like i definitely always make time to to like really take my time and go shopping when i go to that park yeah so i did think of something else at hollywood studios Yeah. I don't know how I didn't think of this. So it's kind of threefold. Um, So I've clearly been to Disney a lot. Um, And by going to Disney a lot, I have a lot of magic bands. Um, My magic band selection that I have for the day is based on the outfit I wear. I color coordinate. However... When I go to Dis- to Hollywood Studios, I always wear my alumni magic band. I have a college program alumni magic band. So I will always wear that. 
I will also always wear my college program alumni t-shirt at Hollywood Studios because for anyone who is new to this podcast, I was a Hollywood Studios cast member. So I feel like I need to, I need to represent when I go there. But on top of that, with my alumni magic band and my alumni shirt, I will always take a picture in front of Anaheim Produce. And not only will I take a picture in front of Anaheim Produce of where it is now, I will take a picture in front of Anaheim Produce of where it was when I worked there because it's a different location now. And it's yeah, uh, every single location is something different too. But I will always take a picture there. Yeah, I do kind of like slow walking down that street and just kind of looking at all that stuff. Reminiscing. I think, yeah, there's just a different, uh, you know, the, the things that I might do at other parks, I feel like I do a little bit different. It, it, it's, it's like going back to the old neighborhood. <laughs> right. You know, so I feel like I'm a little more, like I, I'll linger a little more there, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, that's where we used to go back. You know, oh, I know that door goes back to, you know, the cafeteria and I know yes. that goes, it goes over to costuming and that, you know. Yep. So yeah, I feel like I kind of slow walk a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little bit nosier when I'm at, when I'm at the right. studios. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have, do you have any for Animal Kingdom specifically? No. Me, me either. I didn't, I, which is probably strange, but. I, it's like silly thing. You know, not even, I, we always stop and watch the howler monkeys. Like, and, you know, I always, don't ask me why, I always take pictures on the safari. You know how many pictures of giraffes I have? A lot. Don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I, I, I feel the same. Say- but no, I don't have anything specific at, at Animal Kingdom that I that I have to do. I do have things that I have left at Disney that I have to do, but not park specific. Yeah, one of my things that's not park specific is I always take a park map. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I don't. Some people do, some people don't. I I've kind of always done it. I try to always. Sometimes one gets trashed, you know, but. I try to always, you know, grab one from each park and keep it somewhat looking nice because they're fun to go back and look at. Like the other day, I was actually looking up uh, the one from the 25th anniversary because I have a park map from Magic Kingdom from the 25th anniversary. And it's just it's crazy to look at it now. Of course, you know, there there was Toontown and. Fantasyland looked totally different, and okay. yeah, so it, it's just it's fun to see the changes over time of like what's been added and taken away and how it's changed. But so that's so, something kind of non-park specific, but I do try to always grab a park map. So funny park map story. I think it was like three years, three or three years ago. Um, so when Sarah got married, when my sister got married. She had a destination wedding, and it was in a small island off of Fort Myers called Captiva Island. Um, She, you know, did things a little differently and did not have an actual bouquet. And what she had 
was a Disney park map bouquet. So a friend of ours and me and my two sisters, we sat for days taking park maps and cutting them up. And we learned how to make origami, basically a flower origami, but we used park maps. And her bouquet was an assortment of Disney park maps. So it was her, like, she wanted to incorporate Disney into the wedding somehow. So that's how she did it. The bouquets came out awesome, I must add. But the park map story is, you need more than one to do this big project because it's not a small bouquet. So I went to Disney um, for a, a agent for a, for a you know travel advisor program, and um, I was there by myself in the airline that I fly. There's no baggage fees or whatever, so you get to take a su- couple suitcases and carry on a personal item. Well, I had my my checked luggage, and then my carry on. No joke, my entire carry on was Disney park maps. And I went to, you know, when I went to the park, I would grab handfuls of maps and whatever. And my last day I was there, I went to, to the hotel lobby and went and talked to the manager and explained to them what I was, what I needed and what we were doing. And, um, they were very obliged to help and went in the back and got me stacks. I mean, like still banded together stacks of every single park, park maps that I took home and it was an entire carry on suitcase of park maps. Oh man, that had to be so heavy. It was very heavy. <laughs> and I, only yeah, that's asked- actually really popular in the Disney bride circles. I have a foot. I have a foot in those because I, obviously my day job is wedding photography and I'm obsessed with Disney. So girls that are also obsessed with Disney find me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's a really popular and you can find like DIY kind of like instructions and stuff. If you look on, you know, if you just Google it or, you know, look on uh, Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really popular and I've seen them make a, um, you know, since you're making the little flowers, make uh like boutonnieres and things out of them too, yeah. which is really fun. Yeah. Yep, she did that, and then we uh we ended up doing it for our friend that helped us with this. We she was in a wedding, and they saw Sarah's idea, so she wanted it. So we had to make it for her bridal party also. Um, but it the only reason I ended up going and asking the manager is I learned it the hard way. Because my day at Magic Kingdom, like I had a, I had a shopping bag filled with maps, and I was, I had to carry it back to the hotel. And oh man, the marks that were left on my hands from carrying this bag of maps, just on the monorail, like it was, yeah. I'm like, yeah, there's got to be an easier way. <laughs> and I went and talked <laughs> to the hotel manager, but yeah, so fun story. If I'll, I'll see if I can, um, if I can't find a picture, I'll, I'll talk to Sarah, see if she could post a picture on there of, of her park map bouquet from her wedding, but it was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you have on your list? Um, so obviously this, this kind of went with my scavenger hunt from Epcot, but every time we're in Disney, I am the hidden Mickey queen. 
Um, I own multiple Hidden Mickey books that are outdated, but I still own very, uh, very many Hidden Mickey books. I will always Hidden Mickey hunt. I will always point them out. I will always find them. I will find the popular ones that I have found multiple times and make sure. I don't care if I've pointed them out to you last time we were there. I'm going to point it out to you again. I will always Hidden Mickey hunt. It's just fun. Yeah, there's lots of books out there. Um, the author's name escapes me right now. Um, Steve Barrett. Yes. Steve Barrett, Hidden Mickey Guy. Um, in fact, I think he's Hidden Mickey Guy like on social media. Uh, but yeah, he has been doing Hidden Mickey books for like, I don't even know, two decades now maybe. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can... And they're... You can get like, you know, they're like more pocket size. So if you carry a backpack or something with you, you can pop it in there and take it with you. And if you're standing in line at an attraction for a long time, you can kind of thumb through and see if you're going to be coming upon any hidden Mickeys. You can kind of search for them while you're waiting in line or just mm-hmm. kind of like wandering around the park. But yeah, they're... And there, there's some that are not Mickey, like, well, back when... Um, the great movie ride. <laughs> um, there used to be like a hidden Donald and Goofy in the Indiana Jones scene. So there's some that are more than Mickey. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to do. But I will always hit Mickey Hunt. Are you gonna go to the Little Mermaid on November 18th at 12 o'clock noon to find that hidden Mickey? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> The Imagineers cut, you know, how there's like, how the rock work is at, at, yeah, yeah, view of Little Mermaid. Well, there's like, you know, holes in some of the rock work. Well, one of the holes at exactly noon on Mickey Mouse's birthday, the sunlight shines through the hole and puts a Mickey on the ground. What? Yeah, <laughs> I know the math and the like the whole thing in my brain, like <laughs> my brain exploded when I found out that this was a thing. But yes, oh, there is I a know. hidden Mickey that you can only see, you know, I mean, you're going to be able to see it other times, but it's going to be kind of like skewed. It's not going to be yeah. a perfect, you know, classic hidden Mickey. But yeah, no. At noon on Mickey Mouse's birthday, for 60 seconds, if you're standing at the exact right spot in the queue, you'll see a Mickey light on the ground. So it's like national treasure of, you know, wearing the brick that... (laughs) Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. I know about the the Steamboat Willie one that's always there, that you have to like look at it just right and have an open yeah but yeah yeah you have to like (laughs) blink one eye (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) there's a there's speaking of not necessarily always mickey there's a there's one in animal kingdom on the africa on the trail in africa when you're coming off a safari in the Mm -hmm. rock work there's a hidden jafar and i've seen it but it's like, I always have to like re-see it. Like I always have to retrain myself to see it because it's not immediately obvious. 
I'll have to look. I didn't know about that one. I'll have to look for that one. But yeah, there's a hidden Jafar. So that's right. another random, like CEO of random Disney, Disney knowledge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hit search, searching hit for hidden Mickey's is fun. And they're at the hotel, like the resort hotels too. So they're everywhere. So you can really, and- you can really go for it. So here, when when it comes to hidden Mickey hunts, if you are, so this is kind of twofold. So either A, if you're staying at the Wilderness Lodge, or B, as we've talked about many times already, that it's nice taking a break day and going resort hopping. Well, if you're looking for something fun to do and you go to the Wilderness Lodge, you can go to the to the front desk, even if you are not a guest at that hotel. You go to the front desk and ask them, tell them that you want to do the hidden Mickey hunt. And they basically give you a piece of paper um, and you go on a hidden Mickey scavenger hunt. It is legit for this hotel um, because there are so many at that hotel. And you try and find all the hidden Mickeys. And when you have found them all, you go back to the front desk with your answers of where they are located. And they give you a souvenir. It is a free thing to do. This does not cost anything. Um, it's, it's not a big souvenir. I want to say last time I did it, uh, we got an autograph, a Mickey and Minnie autographed picture, like in this little, one of those little cardboard, um, card holder things. And it was an, an actual photograph of Mickey and Minnie autographed from them. So something cute, obviously you can get a Mickey and Minnie autograph anywhere, but, uh, it was something to do, something fun to do. And we got something to take home from it. So. Oh, is it is the paper have like clues on it? Yeah, the paper has clues. So it doesn't tell you exactly like, hey, go here, but it'll, you know, the there's one one of the most popular ones at Wilderness Lodge is in the geyser. So there's a clue it doesn't come right out and say go to the geyser, but it'll say like, you know, every hour the stream of water, da da da, da something along those lines, and you're like, oh wait geyser goes off every hour okay let me go there and then you have to find it when you're at that spot so well that's fun yeah all kinds of games at disney (laughs) stuff that doesn't cost money yeah maybe we should do a show about things that don't cost money okay yeah i know i'm as i'm thinking of it right now i already have things in my head um one other thing that I think I mentioned in one of our other shows is I like to always buy a pin every trip. Just yeah. something that kind of represents the trip. Cause it's a, it's a cheap souvenir. It's small. I can like, I have a, like a pin board, if you will, like a cork board mm-hmm. and I put the pins on. So it's like a decoration. It doesn't take up a lot of space. They're, you know, 10 to $15, depending on the rarity. Of course, you can spend more. I know they have ones that are even more than that, but I kind of like to just buy one that kind of represents the trip. So if there was a new ride that we did, or if we stayed at a new resort, or, you know, if there's a special celebration going on that year, just, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I just like to buy one pin that kind of represents that trip and then 
That's like my, well, one of my probably hundreds of dollars of souvenirs that I bought because money, (laughs) Disney stuff. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think that's the one thing that I kind of always try to buy is just a pin. Yeah, that's us too. And we, we do the same thing where we, so we always, um, recently, since we've been going with James, this is kind of a tradition that we started with James is we buy a James collects pins, thanks to my father. And we will always buy a, a pin from the hotel we are staying at. So not necessarily the, the pin in general, just a pin from that hotel we'll get. And then on top of that, we pin trade. So pin trading is something that we'll always do. And sometimes we will buy pins ahead of time to trade. But then we trade pins that we don't want to trade. So we end up having to buy money, spend money on random pins to trade them. And then just trade. But we'll always pin trade. Yeah, that can be fun for... Younger kids. kids seem to like that. Yeah. And they have the little starter packs. So those are fun. Yeah. And, and then they something... can, they can keep an eye out for what they want. And it's, you know, you don't have to get involved in it really. They can, yeah, you know, they know what they're looking for or they know what they like. So you can kind of just, you buy them the set and then let them, let them go. Yeah. And, and, um, the something, so, a Disney goer piece of advice. Um, if you are wanting to get into pin trading, because it can get expensive if you spend, if you're going to go to pin trade and you want to spend, you know, $12 on a pin just to trade it. My recommendation is if you go on eBay or Amazon, you can buy a lot of pins, like not a lot as in many, a lot as in like 30 pins. Um, so you buy a lot of pins for like 25 bucks. They are actual Disney tradable pins. There just might be something off about them, but they're still able to be traded. And you can bring those to Disney with you and just um, tell, you know, I'll give, we'll take, you know, whatever, 15 of them with, with us and put them on my son's lanyard. And then he can go and anytime we see a pin board, he trades for a pin. And if it's a pin that he really, really likes, he does not put it back on his lanyard. It goes in the bag and we save it. And that's one he's not going to trade again. If it's one that he traded because he wanted to trade, but he kind of doesn't really like it that much, but he did it anyway, he'll put it back on his lanyard and he might trade it later. But at the end of the day, we've spent $25 before we got there, have all these pins that now it's something that he got to do. And it was a souvenir that he got to trade all these souvenirs and then we come home and that's one thing that like, him and I'll do again thanks to my dad um and we we organize his, his pin book and his pin book has there is a very methodical rhyme and reason to how his pin book is laid out so it's a fun little can be expensive but if you do it right can be cheap souvenir for kids and adults pin trading's fun yeah, you can find the lots on eBay, but you just have to be careful because they have to be official Disney pins. So that's one of those situations where you want to look at the seller reviews 
and make sure yeah. you're buying from a reputable seller yes. that's not trying to sell you knockoff Disney pins. Cause I will tell you the cast members can spot those a mile away. Yeah, they can. Yeah. They do have to be actual Disney pins, but yeah, there are, you'll, you'll see lots on there. 20 pins for yeah, 25 bucks or whatever. And cause some of them didn't necessarily hold the value. The ones that were wide, widely right. produced, you know, yeah. I have a couple of rarer pins. I wouldn't necessarily say they're rare, but. Right, right. Uh, um, like sometimes we'll buy, we will buy the packs. Like the one time we went, when he first started getting into it, oh man, we bought the, the pack of pins. It was like five pins. It was the Popsicle series. And those, I want to say they were like $30. It was like $30 for this pack of pins. And of course we got it and he really liked it and he didn't want to trade any. So he kept them all. So then he wanted more. So of course we're in Disney. So I said, yes. So we bought more and then two of them ended up being repeats. So we used those repeats as tradables. So we got random ones that he wanted. And then he only got one out of that pack. So we had to buy another one. Uh, of course that one had repeats in it. So. That was an expensive pin trading year. <laughs> lesson, lesson learned. And now that's why we shop on eBay first. <laughs> and now that's why I come prepared. <laughs> that kind of, um, that was actually the end of my list. So I have one last thing that it is, it is something that we will always, we have been doing for many years now. It's something we will continue to do. It is something I recommend to all my clients actually also is we always take the first flight out of Buffalo. So we're in Orlando as early as possible and we take the last flight home. And I don't care if it was more money or not to get on those flights. It is worth it because you end up getting the whole day and then we spend that day. So this is kind of not park related, but because we have all day now, because we were in first and out last, we enjoy our resort and we'll do a nice dinner on the day we get there because we have time. We don't go to the park. We just enjoy the hotel we're staying at. We'll get on the monorail. We will um, resort hop the monorail resorts, but we always take advantage of our extra time on our arrival and departure day to take advantage of the hotels similar to wilderness lodge, things like that. So that is something that we have been doing and we will continue to do. And it is, I, it, it makes for a more relaxing couple days when you're actually in the parks, which I love. Yeah. I like that. I, for us, usually the first flight out is the cheapest. Now I fly Southwest. If I'm flying to Florida. So yeah, for us, the, especially certain days of the week, you know, when we're flying out certain days of the week, which usually it would weekday for us, but the, the first flight is usually the cheapest and the last flight is usually the cheapest. So 
It, and I'm not yeah. I'm not flying out of Orlando at 7 a.m. I'm not taking the first yeah. flight out of Orlando. <laughs> so if I'm not taking the first flight, uh, you know, whatever is the cheapest one, which a lot of times it is, it's either the last flight or it's one of the last flights. Yeah. But I, I just, it, it adds more, you know, it's, it ends up being a whole extra day and a half, essentially. In the park or at, at the at Disney, and I really, I don't know. It gives me time to sit and watch Stacy more. So, <laughs> yeah, it might be different for different parts of the country. You know, I Houston is notoriously expensive to fly in and out of. Right. Um, which, I, if only I had known that before I moved here, that it was <laughs> the most expensive airport to fly in and out of just wow things i wish i would have known but because you would think it would be like LaGuardia, but no it's it's not (laughs) uh but you know again like if you're flying out from seattle or something you know it might be cheaper to fly in the afternoon but yeah i i do i do enjoy even though i have to get up probably at like three thirty in the morning to get to the airport, to get the flight at seven. By the time I land and get to the resort, it's usually like noon. And then I, I don't have anywhere to be. So I can swim, fall asleep next to the pool, eat an early dinner, go for a walk at, Disney Springs and then go to bed at like 9.30 and be like ready to go the next morning. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's it's one of those like worth it something we always do. So it's our way of starting and ending our Disney trips. Yeah, and then on the way out, like even if even though you have to check out of your room at noon or 11, I guess, you are still a resort guest. So you can still use the pool. You can still, you know, if you're not trying to go to a park and you don't necessarily want to do any more shopping or anything, and you just kind of want to hang out, you can, yeah, you can still use the pool. So just, you know, get one of those little swim bags. So after you're done, you can toss your suit in there and it won't leak all over your luggage and, yeah, and the hotel will hold your your uh, bags and stuff for you. So yeah, so you can have that last few hours of Disney time. Well, that's all I have. I mean, yeah, that's, those are my big must dos. I will say I mentioned it earlier. One of my must dos now later in my life is try something new, and I. I I genuinely mean that, especially if you are someone who frequents it, it can be really easy to just get habitual. Like I always eat at this restaurant on arrival day and I, and I, and I always do this and I always do that. You're going to miss out on a lot of stuff, right? So I try to always like get a suggestion or keep, keep a little, you know, if you if you're a Pinterest person, you can kind of make a Pinterest board of like new things to try at Disney or 
if you're an Instagram person, they have the collections feature in there. So if you see something when you're scrolling, you know, a cool location to go get a picture or some hidden Mickey somewhere or, you know, a new food thing, you can like hit the little save button and do a little collection on your Instagram or whatever and refer back to it when you're on your vacation. Cause it's great to do these things that you love every single time and to like make time for those. Cause it, it just makes you happy. But I feel like every time I've tried, I've gone out of my way to try something new, I end up with a new favorite thing. <laughs> and then you could just have things that you can cycle through on your vacations. Like I didn't get to eat at that restaurant last time. So I'm going to eat there this time. And then you, you know, you'll kind of like rotate your favorite restaurants and you'll rotate what rides you want to do and you'll rotate through your favorite things and just get to experience more. So put that on your list, you guys. Try something new. And of course, I want to know for our, our listeners, what are some of the things that you have to do when you go to Disney? What do you make time for on every trip? What do you, you know, is there something you like to buy on every trip? trip? Do you collect something like we were talking about the pins or is there a snack you have to get or a, a, a special private moment that's just about you, like Katie blowing out the torches? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have to do when you go to Disney? What's your, what's, what are some of your things? And I invite you to pop over to our Facebook group and let us know. You can just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash main and magic and go in there and just let us know because I'm interested to know what other people's things are. Because I already, just from this conversation, I have Kakigori in Japan, <laughs> <laughs> French press Kona coffee at the Polynesian. Like I'm already making a list based off of Katie's things that she has to do. For <laughs> I'm adding things from your must-do list to my must-do list. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out who I'm going to send my next coconut to. So, oh boy, drop your addresses in the Facebook group. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, yeah, jump over to the group. Let us know. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Katie, where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, you can obviously connect with me on the Main and Magic group, or I'm also at picturesandpostcardstravel.com. Or you can reach me by email at kfisher at nyaaa.com. And I will be happy to help start planning your next magical getaway. Um, I'm going there in about a month. And I'm very much looking forward to going in a short trip, taking advantage of all of these must-dos. So. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have... We're going we're gonna to do a recap on that, too. Because... I know there's people that are probably getting kind of curious now. Things are starting to kind of come, hopefully swing around back to, you know, easing back into some normalcy. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to hear what your experience is and kind of like report back to everybody. But yeah, I did. It'll be fun. I won't get to blow up the torches though. 
I'm trying to think if there was anything on my list that you needed to add to your list. Well, you're going to obviously go do like fill what float with booze in it. I am, but I, so I've done a dollop with booze. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think I've ever done the actual That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us. Thanks to my guest, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel. If you're heading to the Disney parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or Adventures by Disney experience, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts along with custom planning and itineraries all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com, on Facebook and Instagram at picturesandpostcardstravel, or you can email her directly at kfisher at nyaaa.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, story, or photo and connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Main and Magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at mainandmagic. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening and of course, in the Disney tradition, around here we don't like to say goodbye, so we say see you real soon! Bye.